listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Hello, everybody. My name is Ben and Dykstra, aka the Rolling Dragon, but we'd like to welcome you all to the Sit Down Standout Show. If you missed last week's edition, don't worry about it. You should be able to scroll down to the archives and check it out. But on this week's edition, I've got a very special friend of mine, Jay Hicks, the founder and creator of the Tragedy Academy podcast. Now, you might be thinking, oh, this is going to be a sad episode. And on some level, it is a little bit sad, but it's got elements of humor in it. Trust me. Now, on this week's episode, Jay shares his story about growing up in an economically depressed area, unfortunately being the victim of bullying, working hard for years to try to achieve happiness, making money, working long hours, things that we're told as kids, get a good job, find a nice wife, get married. But he realized at one point in his life that his wheels were spinning, that he wasn't happy, that he didn't know what to do, and he wanted to affect change in a positive way. So, without even an ounce of media training and no media background, he decided to create a successful podcast from the ground up. And here we have the Tragedy Academy podcast, which you can listen to every week. If you're interested, I have been in an episode of that show, which you can see in the show's archives under Ben and Dykstra, The Rolling Dragon. Now, not only do we talk about the development of the Tragedy Academy podcast, we talk about the importance of meditation and how if we take the time to appreciate our moments in life, good, bad, or indifferent, there is something to be learned. We also talk about one of his favorite guests, Max Limburger, and how at 70 years old, he's fulfilling his dream of becoming a model and an actor. And one of the most important aspects of life that we discuss is the unique masks that we all have to wear. Now, I'm not talking literally. I'm talking about the kind of mask that you wear. You don't want to talk the same way you talk to your friends as you talk to your grandmother. Obviously, that wouldn't end very well. But we all have to wear a mask when we approach a different person. We have to show them a unique version of ourselves. But which is the most authentic you? That's something that you have to discover on your own. But enough jabbering from me. Let's get to what me and Jay got up to for this week's episode of the Sit Down Standout Show. Thanks for joining us. All right, so let's get started. So why don't you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what has led to the creation of the Tragedy Academy podcast? Absolutely. It's uh, it's the culmination of a lot of things. Um, for myself, personally, it was coming to a juncture in life where I had been repeating the same types of activities day in, day out, and reaching the same result, which we all know is insanity, right? And for myself, I had worn a lot of masks in life. Going throughout the roles, I was raised in a uh, very depressed community. Um, we, uh, found ourselves in a lot of situations where we didn't have like a refrigerator, we would have a cooler or we were on food stamps and 
subsidized things. And, you know, there were not the best activities going on around an environment like that. You don't end up in that situation without it. And um, it created a lot of stress on me as a child, um, my brother and everybody in between. Um, And in addition to that, I suffered from a lot of bullying. Um, The place that I grew up was very remote and there was a lot of misunderstanding for um, or not even misunderstanding. I'm going to, I'm going to straight out say it. It's a bigotry towards different genders or things that are misunderstood and things of that nature. And for myself um, right now, or for what happened to me is I had a condition when I was going through uh, puberty called gynecomastia. And if people don't understand what that is, it's, it's like a, uh, a tissue in the chest. It looks like um, small breast tissue, right? Well, when you live in a community like that, um, you get bullied in manners that I would never wish on anybody else. And you get called every trans insult that you could possibly get. You get things thrown at you. You get ostracized. And you find yourself with a lot of demons um, when you grow up in life. And you run away. I joined the uh, the military. I was in for about ten years. I did my time. Um, got out. I have uh, some stupid injuries and stuff like that from overworking things. Um, but a lot of unresolved issues. And what I found was the masks uh, is where I'm going with this. I never really had a chance to create or understand my own identity because when you live in an environment where you're constantly under stress. You have to shift your personality to avoid the pain that might come from any direction at any given time. So you don't understand who you are. Coupled with growing up, you know, poor, you never really get a chance to express yourself. So I moved on into life after the military and I tried all the different roles there are in society. I tried to, you know, work and go to college at night. I did it. I got my degrees, worked, you know, in a uh, corporate environment, um, you know, cubicle, pencil pusher kind of uh, role and got promoted, got promoted, got promoted and, you know, got my degrees and then moved on to the next thing and, you know, got into the consulting world and thought that all of these blocks I was checking were going to make me happy and that I was fulfilling some kind of uh, prerequisite or societal integration of myself as a poor kid with no self-esteem. It was constantly trying to please other people and live to that direction. And what happened was I found myself easily accomplishing anything that I could in life, but having zero happiness at the end of every juncture and having to move on. And what I realized was these masks were creating a almost like a weight upon my shoulders if they were in a sack, like if I had to switch them. Because we all have, when we speak to other people, if you pick up the phone and you're speaking to, you know, a customer service person, like you you have a different voice than you would if you picked up the phone for your mother. Or if you were going in for an interview, hey, everybody, this is Jay. Um, you have a different voice or you try not to, or I try not to now. However, this is something that fragments the mind, in my opinion. I think that we 
carry that stress forward into our daily lives. And all of those fractures create anxieties and depressions out of the need to remember what your last interaction is or where you hold yourself within the social structure of your family, your society, your work group, or wherever it might be. And at the end of the day, in my mind, I believe that that is the insanity and that those masks and the inauthenticity that we walk through life with is why we're unable to love each other and live fulfilled and happy lives through the authenticity. So after hitting my knees so many times and having panic attacks and anxiety attacks and not addressing all of my core wounds and things like that, I came, you know, to a juncture in life where I said, you know what, I need to pursue what is authentic to myself. And that is sharing my experiences with the world and helping people understand that they are only the sum of their experiences over time, nothing more, nothing less. And that we have value to all aspects of life. And we need to love ourselves first so that we can affect change through our actions. I don't know. That's a long-winded answer, but the show was born of wanting to bring people together and understanding um, that it's a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. We talk openly about anything and everything, but we don't judge. We don't do politics, anything of that nature, and we showcase how people can affect change and can live through their trials and tribulations and become better people on the other side. Wow. I, all I have to say is that is powerful. And I really appreciate you sharing your honest experiences with me because I mean, not often are people really this open with you right off the bat. So I can definitely appreciate what you're doing. Now, I've been a subscriber to your show for quite a while. Um, so what I'd like to ask you next is you're talking about not having an identity, wearing different masks when you talk to different people. Uh, let me see where I found the question here. Uh, when did you uh, come up with the mindset of masks? Because not often do people think, you know what, I've got to put on this different persona when I talk to this person. And what would you say in today's society is the most difficult mask for people to put on? Mm. I think that every mask is difficult to put on. And the reason why is that it is being painted through the lenses or the eyes of a person that we have no understanding of and we're trying to impress them. So anytime we put on a mask, we're trying to show someone the version of ourselves that we want them to believe we are. However, it is impossible because that person is viewing it through the lenses of their experiences and the two do not filter the same. I talk about it on the show all the time. And uh, I, I liken these experiences to Benjamin Franklin's bifocals. We walk through life and each experience we have creates what we see and how we react to things in the future. And if we were to take each one of those lenses and classify them as an experience that we've been through and then give them a color or a depth or something of that nature, 
and you drop them down in front of you. And each person has their own version of these and they all get an individual experience, color, shape, or kaleidoscope, if you will, something of that nature. And from there, they're supposed to be able to view each other with the same understanding. And it's impossible. So when we put on that mask and we try to show other people who we are, we're trying to, they're never going to understand it the same way that we're trying to present it. So the mask will never work. All masks are viewed differently. Right. No two individuals in life are ever the same. You might look similar, but personality-wise, experience-wise, it's impossible to say any one group of people are the same. Yeah, the lenses are bizarre, and they're not painted by us. There's, there's additional lenses that are painted by society or media or familial bonds and things like that. Right. Um, you've obviously take, gone through a lot of unique experiences to get this mindset, this way of thinking. What would you say was the most positive experience when developing the mindset that you have now? I couldn't, in, I couldn't enforce this more upon anybody i keep pushing it but it's meditation for myself it was coming to that juncture in life and needing to break the cycle if we look at the mind as a bicycle tire and it's spinning it never has a chance to take in its mindful moments or its surroundings because it's always in a state of perpetual motion. And meditation is the proverbial stick in the spokes of that tire that allows you to take stock on your surroundings, who you are, where you are, and what you should be grateful for. Meditation allowed me to not live in the future and the past because both of those are non-existent. The future is anxiety for things that we have no idea if they're going to happen. And depression is a pain that we feel for something that we cannot experience twice. It doesn't exist either. We're in a perpetual state of change. And for me, when I began meditating, it allowed me to recognize that that repeated cycle was that bicycle tire and getting up every morning and repeating the same actions. So the meditation allowed me to take stock of who I was and recognize, I like the, there's an analogy and I'm, I'm long winded, but imagine yourself as a rope, right? A, a, just a, a length of rope, a couple feet long, right? A small rope. And you have the ability to tie knots in, right? And each knot is an experience that you go through in life, right? You have a choice when you reach that experience. You can either experience it or you can tie a knot and run away from it, right? And move on. Every experience you have that you do not complete, that you not live through, do you not accept it? then you get to leave a knot. And we all know what happens to a rope if you continue to tie knots in it. It becomes unusable. It becomes a ball. 
it becomes impliable, it becomes useless. And that's what we become when we don't address the experiences that we've been through in life. So when you get the opportunity to meditate, you get the opportunity to dedicate the time to yourself to unraveling each and every one of those knots. And they're infinite. But each time you release one, you understand yourself a little more. And you also understand the people around you. When you view everyone as living with the same human condition, if everybody was a bicycle tire, so to speak, or a spinning coin or something along that, uh, along that lines, then how can you judge them? And how can you judge yourself for your past actions if you started out spinning? We all start out spinning. We come out like a quarter that's flicked and we bounce off of everything. You remember doing that when you were a kid? Kind of hits everything. Ah, I can remember the It lays to rest, right? Somebody pushes it down. And then if that were a human, that would probably be the time that they would be able to take stock on their surroundings. You have to ground yourself. So meditation is the short answer. And the long answer is that's the, I, I believe the foundation is mindfulness in affecting change within yourself personally. Okay, so you would say that really taking the time to recognize that we all have these issues of our own unique thing, but if we take the time to untie these knots, we can really try to figure ourselves out to make things better. So now what I'd like to ask you about is the development of the podcast, not so much in the ideal sense, but in the physical sense. Because I remember you telling me when we had a chat once about putting together my own that you did not come from a media background. <laughs> so what would you say was the most difficult aspect of putting this show together, not coming from a media background? Ah, um, so there's a technical aspect and there's a personal aspect in there. Um, I'll start with the technical aspect. Zero clue. Zero clue how to produce any kind of audio, any kind of media, any kind of video. I was a PowerPoint ranger. That was about it. I could, I could give you a presentation on everything on the planet out of PowerPoint. But aside from that, I had never recorded my own voice because of per personal self-loathing and, yeah, just self-hatred. Not believing in myself, you know, not wanting to be in front of any kind of camera or microphone because I would judge myself. That said, um, for me, I believe that um, the backbone to learning new things is action. So when I began the podcasting experience, the biggest thing for me was listening to the audio and getting an understanding for what was correct, what was not acceptable to the human ear. Because what I recognized was when I was putting these shows together and looking at video while editing audio, and one of the phenomenons that I discovered was 
we are not kind to imperfections in audio in our mind's eye. Whereas if we were watching a video and we heard some kind of background noise, a thump or an echo of some sort or whatever it might be that's fouling up your audio, we would be fine with it. Like, that's cool. Look, Bob dropped his coffee cup or, you know, there, there's some rafters in the room or whatever it might be. Totally acceptable. You stick headphones in your ears and minus video, and it starts to become the worst scenario in the mind's eye, the more imperfections that you hear. If you hear that echo, you assume that the microphone looks like a soup can. You know, if you hear background noise, you think that somebody's broadcasting from their closet, you know, next to or next to an open window at a truck stop. It just becomes a completely different scenario and you lose the credibility. So for me, it was the technical aspect of understanding how audio works when it integrates with the mind's eye. That was very difficult for me to understand at first. And it allowed me to utilize action because I think that's how you get anything accomplished. It allowed me to understand it better. But on the personal level, it was like cognitive behavioral therapy every single day, listening to myself editing and hearing every whiny, needy issue that I had coming out in conversations in different ways and different manners. If you want to get up close and personal with your personality, edit your own self speaking for about a year or so you'll start to know who you are in ways you never had any clue or you never had any clue before. I totally hear you because I've listened to myself a bunch of times now. And every time I hear that voice, I'm like, that's not the voice I hear when I talk, but that's a little intimidating. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you say that it, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's kind of like looking in the mirror. You see that reversed image of yourself. And it's almost like the same thing. It, it has the same distortion on yourself when you hear yourself. Like legitimately, I think I sound like Kermit the Frog or something like that. When I hear my <laughs> own voice, I'm like, I hear like that Verbo commercial. Like, look at me. Here I am, you know, or whatever. Every time I hear my voice, this is not good. Now, I love it. I love how I project myself and I laugh a lot. You know that you've listened to the show for a long time. If we're going to talk about the CBT piece, because I think that if you're looking at broadcasting as a career, you've got to love yourself. You've got to love yourself a lot to be authentic and you've got to love your message. Um, kind of forgot where I was going with this, but. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, it's, no, it's okay. I, I can see, I can definitely see that now after your year of experience, the practice that you do in a way, love yourself, trying to be like help others going forward. But here's an interesting one. You've had the Tragedy Academy open for probably a year plus now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, my question is with all the guests that you've had, What's one lesson that you learned not being the, the quote in your podcast is 
that we are the students, the guests are the teacher. But what's one lesson that you say, okay, this guest gave me a lesson I'm taking with me for life? That's an amazing question. And you're really putting me on my heels here because I have to tell you, I love all of our guests for millions of different reasons. Um, because each one brings such an amazing story to the table, right? And it's funny, we don't necessarily look for a tragedy, so to speak. We look for experiences and how you can affect change. Um, and one of the guests that really stands out to me, just constantly pops up in my head, is, sorry, unprofessional. Phone isn't... Um, that's okay. I didn't even know. Okay, well, you know, Max Limburg. Max Limburger is an amazing human being. And I'm not highlighting tragedies and things like that in this in this particular scenario. I'm highlighting how people move through life and showing that there are no limitations. And for Max. He had gone through so many careers in his life and worn so many hats from corporate jobs to handyman to stay-at-home dad to yada, yada, yada. So Max comes to us at 70, 71 years old, and he had just started his career as a model and an actor. and. It was all because when he was a kid, he really wanted to appear in a sword and sandal film. And he had worn all that hat, all those hats throughout his life. And he had been all those people. But at the end of the day, he wanted to go back to who he was in the beginning, that original dream. And he showed me that there's no stopping you from doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want it. It doesn't matter. You can do anything at any point in your life. And that really resonated with me. You know, I actually have followed him since then because it resonated with me too, because it, it feels sometimes like you have to not necessarily stop your dream, but you have to put it on hold sometimes for the sake of, okay, need to take a different job to support the family at this time. Need to do something else for someone else almost. But he show, he's a shining example of as long as you're still kicking, it's never too late to do what you want. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. And he's also a beacon to one other thing that, you know, you always hear me talk about this authenticity because mm -hmm. he's successful at what he's doing right now in that he is fulfilled. He loves that. He's working as like a fitness model. He's affecting change, helping people that way and a runway model and all these other things. He's being himself. He's gone back to being what he wanted to be as a kid. Right. And that's being authentic. And that can be whomever or whatever you want to do, but it has to be who you are at its core. We're made one way. 
And to be anything else is a slap in the face of whomever or whatever made you. Continually say that. Because the moment that we begin to be who we're made to be, we will be so happy in our day-to-day that success will be measured by the benchmark of happiness versus all the other shit we have. Max went out and tried to get all that other shit. He tried the different roles, but found success and happiness in who he is authentically. And I think that's a message that should resonate with everybody. I cannot agree with you more. Unfortunately, that is going to wrap up our time with this interview. So I would like to absolutely thank you 100% for being open and honest from beginning to end. And thank you for sharing your time with us uh, today. From my guest, Jay Hicks, keep subscribing to the Tragedy Academy podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to it every week. You're guaranteed to at least laugh and learn. That's all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you very much for joining us on the Sit Down Standout Show. Please give us a review and five stars if you think we've earned it. I know I think we have. And to finish off, always remember, it takes physical strength to stand up, but inner strength to stand out from the rest. See you next time.